Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you, Bix. We're going to get straight into it because we are so, so grateful to be joined by a man who has just released a book called From the Heart. He's a three-time premiership captain, a Brownlow medalist and one of football's good guys and we are blessed to be joined by Trent Koch. And Trent, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning, gents. How are we? Uh, very well, thanks, Trent. And once again, thank you for doing this. Um, I want to talk to you about the experience of producing the book. How did it feel when you had to try and sort of get all that stuff out of your head and put it down on paper? Yeah, I suppose it was something I never really thought I would do, particularly through the middle part of my career. So it was a, a very new experience, but I was um, I was lucky to have Glenn McFarlane assist me through and obviously the publisher as well, the whole process, which made it a lot easier. But um, to be honest, I think when you play footy, you're, you're typically always focused on kind of the moment or what's next uh, and don't often reflect enough. So that's kind of what the blessing was for me in, in hindsight of writing a book and going back through your journey, whether that be previous to, to being at the Tigers or during my time there through the good and the bad times. Mm, uh, it's really interesting because what... <laughs> Our, our minds sometimes play tricks on us and we, we often have this recency bias where we look at the last part of your career and it was just so successful and, and unbelievable. But you played 16 seasons and the first nine were a, a bit of a battle. You were made captain at 22 and it was, uh, although you took your team to the finals for the first time in a long while, there were some games that you didn't win that you should have won. And uh, yeah, you must have thought this isn't quite going to plan about nine years into your career. Yeah, a combination of both... Um getting there as a team but not quite executing as you would like in the pointy end of the season mm. and, and also from a personal point of view, not playing your best footy at the time of the year that you want to be playing your best footy. So whilst there was um, some some brilliant moments within those years, it wasn't quite the finish that we were hoping for uh, in the middle stages of my career. But I think you know what I'm most grateful for is the lessons that it taught me. And mm. uh, one of my favourite sayings is uh, sometimes you need to let the tide go out to see where all the rocks are and that certainly was 2016 for us. It, um, it allowed us to kind of reset, dig a little bit deeper from a personal point of view, but also come together as a, as a team and organisation. And um, obviously we know what happens beyond that point, but uh, yeah, uh, what a journey it's been. Trent, are you able to shed some light on the significance of two people that, that Mark Bickley and I love hearing about mm-hmm. and love um, investigating their backgrounds, and that's Ben Crow and Emma Murray. They are so influential, and I feel that if it wasn't for your involvement with them alongside Damien Hardwick, we probably wouldn't know too much about them, and we just would love your thoughts and how powerful they've been in your life on and off the field. Yeah, well, I'll start with Crowley. I think I engaged with him at the end of the 2016 season, um, probably one of the lowest moments in my life from not just a football point of view, but battling along uh, and and probably wasn't aware of how, how much I was struggling until I, I kind of went on that journey. And, you know, Crowley's a great friend of mine, um, a great mentor, and, and obviously gave me some, some different skill sets that I never really possessed or a different way of thinking. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think just his ability to marry up both uh, the purpose mindset, but also connecting that with performance mindset is, is obviously why he's doing so well and a very much uh, hard man to get, get a hold of uh, these days with mm. everything that he's doing in the world, which is awesome to see and um, clearly 
the more access people get to, to people like Crowey, the better the world will be. So very happy for him and, and excited to see uh, how he continues to grow and evolve um, all of his work that he's doing. And, and Emma, again, probably more focused on that performance mindset stuff. Um, you know, she, she's had such an influence on not just me and the Richmond Footy Club, but many people around sport and, and business as well. So both crucial and a different way of this high performance that I think uh, is the second phase or, or the next phase of, you know, the world of sport, but also business and life, really. Um, I think life, when you really reflect on it, is one big performance and you're not always going to be at your best. But if you can have little skill sets and mindsets that allow you to perform or best execute as often as you possibly can, then clearly that's going to help with you living your best life. Mm. The other thing I've marvelled at uh, through that successful period that, that Richmond had is it, just the connection between the players. It just looked like there was just something unifying within that group that just was so much stronger than the other teams that were playing at that time. Did you feel that? Yeah, I think that was it was definitely something we reflected and, and talked about often. That was kind of the difference between we felt as though it was the difference between us and the majority of other teams was the depth of our connection and that's fostered through trust and confidence on the field but also the relationships and depth of conversation you're having off the field um and dimmer kind of kick-started that with the triple h uh which i'm not sure whether you guys have discussed yeah. on the show before but uh the highlight hero and hardship um and that just really just opened the gate to, to having more and, and more in-depth conversations around uh, the lunch table during the day. And I think once once you build and foster those connections, it's amazing how much that empowers people to, one, be themselves and feel like they can live their life within your organisation, but also the confidence it gives them to just execute you know, their role within the team and know that they're valued no matter whether they're, you know, a Jack Rewalt kicking three, four, five goals a game or someone who's doing a tagging role. Um, in the midfield or across half half back, so yeah, it's um, I think that that place in value in everyone being able to contribute and make the club a better place, both uh, off the field but also on the field, is um, incredibly important to building that connection and and that love for each other, really. Speaking with uh, Trent Cochin at the moment on SENSA Breakfast, we've had a couple of texts come in from our listeners, Trent, 0427-154-166. This one's from Dane, who you were just talking about, Damien Hardwick, and he received a lot of praise for being brave and standing down mid-season in 2023. From your perspective as a captain or even a player, was that uncomfortable for you at times seeing uh, Damien leave mid-season, which was a decision that was fundamentally made for his best interest, um, and then the club was affected moving on from that? How did you process that? Oh, look, I think I think a lot of weight went into that decision for Dimmer. Uh, there was obviously how he was tracking, both from a performance point of view, but also just a, a living point of view. Um, and then I think he, he obviously played with the idea for, for quite a while and felt as though it was the best opportunity for the club to to grow in, in different ways, leading into obviously the the period where they've now selected Uze as the coach and the next phase of the journey for the Richmond Footy Club, which is really exciting. Like They've got so much talent and bringing in a new coach and, and a couple of new faces in the coaching ranks as well um, will be really beneficial to the footy club. Like Sometimes I think that change can be a really uplifting and, and positive uh, experience for all involved. And I, I think it was just the, the, 
right thing in Dimmer's mind. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do so. He could have, well, mm. just chugged along and maybe we would have finished where we finished or maybe we would have finished in the finals. Who kind of really knows? But to have the courage to do what he did was a brave decision and, and something we don't often see where the, the coach leaves on their terms mid-year. Um, and, yeah, and, and the rest is obviously history. Mm. Um, uh, a question I'm sure you've been asked before. Todd from Port Nalunga has asked uh, what was going through your head when you decided to kick against the wind in the elimination final against Port. <laughs> of course that's coming from Adelaide. Yeah, 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 it was inevitable, um, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, it's funny. As much as, you know... I often speak to our forwards, but also uh, there's a guy that's been involved with our footy club for a long period of time who we always have a conversation just before the bounce or the, the toss uh, as to which way we're going to select. So it's not just my decision, so I'm shifting the blame there, gents. But um, <laughs> the way that Port Adelaide played that day, I reckon we could have kicked with that wind and still be down by six or seven goals. <laughs> I think we'd run out of gas by that stage of the year. And uh, It's funny how much something like that and then the the conversation and backlash really uh, that came with it, um, how much it impacts your, your thinking for years post that. Like, and the fact that it still comes up now, it's like, it's, it's bizarre that one decision and, and maybe, maybe I need to just own it and move on and get over it, which I kind of did a few years ago, but it's amazing how much, power something like that can carry with you can i can i share a story because in 1997 the first final that adelaide played it was a very windy day we played west coast and malcolm blight before the game said what are you thinking if we win the toss and i said oh we'll probably kick with it he said oh look i'm i'm thinking the opposite i think we kick against it and and like i was mortified <laughs> his theory yeah. was we played this game uh later been delayed by a day because of the the passing of uh Princess Diana, and he said, I think everyone might be a bit uptight and a bit fumbly and first quarter it might be really scrappy. So if you win it, I reckon we should kick against it. Then he said, but it's your decision. And I was like, okay, great. So, <laughs> so I was just hoping uh, like anything that I would lose the toss, which I did. Uh, West Coast won the toss, kicked with the wind, and we outscored them four goals to two. So Blighty was a genius that day, but I was just thankful yeah. that it didn't go the other way, thankfully, uh, and, we, and we won yeah. the toss. Uh, but anyway... Uh, appreciate that. Trent, we need to let you go, but um, just qu just quickly, if you can answer it in one word, because we've had a couple of texts coming in from Adelaide supporters wondering, in one word, how would you describe the appearance of the Power Rangers stance in 2017 at the grand final? Because <laughs> um, there's lots of Adelaide supporters. No, I... Uh... I think it's a different story. You know, they had an amazing year. I can't answer it in one, qu one word, but... Um... <laughs> The the reality is, if they go on to win the grand final, you would see eighteen or seventeen other teams doing the power cent every History's game. written by the winners. The next year following. Yeah, no, that's, so, that's a very uh, good way of answering it. Look, um, congratulations on the book uh, from the heart is available now, and we know that you've got some fantastic business interests, um, especially um, with the socks as well. So, mate, congratulations and thank you so much for giving us some time on SENSA. We know how busy you are, but um, to give us a couple of moments here for our Adelaide audience, we're very grateful. So, congratulations and um, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Trent, Trent. Cotchen joining us there on SENSA Breakfast. Back after this.